to the Sharp 600 brought to you by Covers.com. My name is Joe Fortenball. This is episode 106 of the podcast. Outstanding to have you guys with us today. Thank you so much for checking us out and giving us some of your time. It is always greatly appreciated. In just a minute, we're going to go out to the Las Vegas desert to visit with John Murray, race and sportsbook manager at the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook, for a preview of the 2018 FIFA World Cup, which gets underway Thursday morning, June 14th, in Russia as the host nation Russia. I'd give you a mascot. I don't know what the hell the mascot is. Taking on Saudi Arabia. And that leads me into point number one today. I like to bet on soccer. I know very little about soccer. Now, part of it is the degenerate in me. I'll be completely honest. The World Cup is a thrilling event, at least for me to watch. I really love this stuff, and I love having action on these games. But I know virtually nothing about it. So I'm either betting because I'm looking for entertainment value, and I'm just, you know, firing away as a degen, like I mentioned, or... Or I get tipped off. And with that in mind, that's why we're going to turn to John Murray in just a moment here. I want to get an idea of how the Sharps and the public are attacking the futures wagering, the group stage wagering, the individual matches. And for those of you who may be new to betting soccer, there are a couple tips and tricks we're going to lay out along the way. So this will be the first installment of the Sharp 600s world cup series we'll have an episode today for you and then we'll roll out a few more as we work our way through the world cup and advance past stage after stage after stage you get where i'm going here so without any further ado enough of me let's turn it over to an expert To the Las Vegas desert, we go race and sportsbook manager at the Westgate Superbook in Las Vegas, John Murray, joining us here on the Sharp 600. John, first and foremost, thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. Take me and the listeners, if you don't mind, through what the action is like on World Cup games and futures. For example, how would it compare to, say, a Monday night football game, an NFL playoff game, maybe an NBA game? The action you see on this stuff, how does it stack up versus the rest of American sports? Well, Joe, first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, it, look, the World Cup is not going to compare to an NFL, a standalone NFL game, a Monday night game, a playoff game. It, it's just going to be a fraction of that. Even the Even the group stage game I think we'll see the most handle on which is Sunday between Germany and Mexico is not going to come close to an NFL playoff game or a, or even an NFL Sunday night or Monday night football game we're going to have good interest in the World Cup and good interest in soccer in general but nothing compares to the NFL the absence of America how is that going to affect betting it's definitely going to affect betting. I think I've heard projections of maybe 20 to 25 percent of the handle was on the Team USA games. That sounds about right. I, I think our handle will still eclipse what we did in 2014 just because now we've got mobile wagering. People can bet on their phones now, which they couldn't do four years ago. But we're definitely going to miss having Team USA in the World Cup. It's going to hurt us a lot. All right. I love betting the World Cup, but I know virtually nothing about soccer. So I'm generally tailing people who do know what they're doing, or maybe I'm just playing some hunches just for fun. Um, For novice bettors out there who may be dipping their toes in the water, would you have any advice for them? For example, a lot of people don't realize during the group stage that a tie ends up burning you if you end up picking a side. Would you be willing to explain some of that to us? Yeah, of course. If, if, now, if you bet the three-way and then the draw is offered, the three-way line would be, for instance, Germany-Mexico draw. If you bet Germany or Mexico on the three-way price and it ends in a draw, you lose 
because you had the option of betting the draw. Now, we also offer a two-way price between Germany and Mexico. If you bet that one, it's actually Germany minus one goal. So if Germany only won by one goal, you'd get a push the same way you would in football. If you laid three points in a football game and they won by three, you'd get a push. If you laid Germany minus one and they win one to nothing, you get a push. So the, the, the goal line is kind of the same as more traditional sports like football and basketball. The three-way price in soccer, if you, if, you don't, if you don't bet the draw and it ends in a draw, you lose. So when you go to the window, it's very important that you ask the employees, the ticket riders, the supervisors to explain that to you. It's very important that you understand what you're wagering on before you bet, no matter what the sport is. I've been burdened on that before. I'm not going to lie. Games have ended in ties. I'm like, I'll take that push. That's a good push. Yeah. And then I look at my account, and it's like, uh, oops, maybe I should have done a little more research here. <laughs> Um, yeah, you, you gotta. You, no matter what you're betting on, always make sure you understand what you're betting on before you place the wager, and, and always ask to speak to one of our employees here. We can answer any questions you guys have. Oh, you guys are some of the best in the business, without question. Now, you mentioned Germany. They're the defending champ from four years ago. How do they stack up against the field this time around versus four years ago in Brazil? Well, they're a little bit older than they were in 2014, but they still have probably the deepest team in the field, and we've seen a lot of support on them. There's been more tickets on Germany than any other country. Right now we have them at 4-1. to one. They're actually the second favorite here at the Westgate. Brazil is the 7-2 to two favorite, and the reason for that is we've seen more money come in on Brazil than any other nation, and we've got a little bit of liability on them. But really, the, Germany and Brazil are the co-favorites on paper. They look to be the two most talented teams in this field. In terms of futures to win it all, because we'll get into the group stage stuff and maybe some individual matches in just a second, but in terms of the futures, where are you seeing the sharp money, if any sharp money's coming in on? Who are they supporting? So a lot of, uh, a lot of money come in on France and Argentina. I, I personally like those two, t- those two teams. They're both very talented. France had a very young squad in 2016. They got to the Euro final, which they lost in Paris to Portugal. They're a little bit older now. They're not going to have the home field advantage they enjoyed in 2016, but I think they've got a really good chance of winning this tournament. And Argentina is another team. They're very dangerous. They've got a lot of talent at the top. They're forwards led by Lionel Messi. He's probably the best player in the world. They're very live. I think Argentina and France are two teams to really uh, to keep an eye on this, this summer. Every year we hear about a potential group of death. This year, is there a group of death? And if so, who is it? You know, it's, it's hard to pinpoint one, and I'll tell you why. Because you've got so many of the top nations didn't qualify for the World Cup this year. Outside, you know, Forget about USA for a second. We also don't have Italy, Netherlands, or Chile in this tournament. So to me, the field looks a little bit weaker than it normally is. If I had to pinpoint one, I'd probably go with group, I believe it's group F, with Germany, Mexico, Sweden, and South Korea. But I don't know if I'd call it a group of death. I think Germany's going to escape pretty easily. Okay, conversely, is there a group where one team may have an easier route than the favorites in all the other groups? Well, you, you've always got to look at the, the easiest group, quote-unquote, is generally the group that has the host nation, in this case Russia. They want to try to make it so that Russia can escape out of the group stage. Uh, group A looks pretty easy. Uruguay is currently the favorite at minus 160. They're joined by Russia, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia. Uh, Uruguay should get out of that group. All right. Now, when I look at the odds board, I see Germany, Brazil, France, Spain, Argentina, a lot of the usual suspects at the top. However, if I was looking for a potential sleeper who could get deep into this tournament and make some noise that a lot of people may not be talking about, which direction should I be looking? 
Uh, one team I like and I've recommended to some people is Columbia. We've got them at 40-1 to 1 right now. They're in Group H, which is another relatively weak group. They're with Poland, Senegal, and Japan. They really should be able to get out of the group stage, get out of Group H. And, you know, they've got, they've got a pretty talented team. They had some trouble in qualification, which is why I think some people wrote them off. But they managed to get to Russia, and I definitely think they're dangerous, led by Hams Rodriguez, uh, who I believe led the 2014 World Cup in goal scoring and he led them to the quarterfinals that year. They lost to Brazil. Now, on the flip side, are there any teams we should look out for that may be overvalued or overpriced because of the big name or because a lot of public money has maybe pushed the number? Yeah, I think one team that's very trendy, and maybe it's famous last words here, and they'll do great, but uh, <laughs> Belgium. Belgium has been a very trendy team. It's knocked their odds all the way down to 10-1. to 1. Now, don't get me wrong. Belgium is a talented team. But I, I don't think they're getting any value at 10 to 1, guys, because there's been so much money on them. We actually have the third most tickets on Belgium behind Germany and Brazil. And they've got a very talented team, but I don't think there's much value at 10 to 1. And I, I don't expect to see them. Uh, I don't see, expect to see them make it much past maybe the round of 16 or the quarterfinals. The Russians are playing host this time around here in 2018. If you and I were to talk about a Monday night football game, we'd be talking about a team, a travel date, maybe moving across multiple time zones. In football, we're always talking about you know early start times for West Coast teams and things of that nature. How does the venue, the location, affect some of these teams? Would anyone have a specific advantage, or have they all been gearing up for this so long they're on equal footing? Well, you know, my guess would be all these teams advanced well in arrival of their first match. I think that they should all be acclimated to the time zone, acclimated to the weather by now. Now, the one thing I have noticed in the past is uh, the host nation generally gets the benefit of some good whistles in the World Cup. I've noticed that over the years. So don't be surprised to see Russia get a couple calls go their way on Thursday when they play Saudi Arabia and throughout the duration of the tournament. All right, let's stay there for just a moment. The Russians, <laughs> whether it be sports or politics or anything else, um, we do remember the Olympics a few years ago. We, 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 they're known for having Olympians consistently testing positive for performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah. Maybe this is the conspiracy theorist in me, but is there any concern on your behalf or anyone you know about whether or not everything's going to be above board this time around? Uh, we haven't talked about PEDs at all. We're certainly not going to speculate on that. And and I'm not accusing Russia of anything. I've just noticed in every World Cup I've watched, the home nation has always seemed to got the benefit of the whistle. I'm not pinpointing Russia here. I, I've noticed that uh, particularly in 2002, South Korea got all the way to the semifinals when the World Cup was held in Japan and South Korea. And I remember they got a lot of calls that year. So. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened again this summer. Thursday, June 14th, the opening match always involves the host nation. It's Russia versus Saudi Arabia. Um, what kind of line do you have on that right now, and what kind of action are you seeing a couple days in advance? Right now we've got Russia minus one, minus 135. Most of the money has been on the host nation, host nation Russia. There's not a whole lot to report on it. I don't know that the general public in Nevada is too excited for a Saudi Arabia-Russia soccer game at 8 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> just being honest. But there is a game Sunday, Father's Day Sunday, Mexico-Germany. I would expect us to write quite a bit of money on that game. For the initial matches that are scheduled, are you guys seeing any particular sharp action coming in on one side or perhaps one total at this point in time? I, I don't know that it's sharp action, but we, we've seen a lot of money come in on the favorites in all these games. A lot of people 
just parlaying, you know, Germany to Brazil to some of the other favorites in their first uh, their first match. I wouldn't call that sharp money, but th- there has been a lot of money bet on bets like that. You guys have some really cool props offered, such as uh, the 2018 World Cup winner will come from which continent? What type of action are you seeing? Well, well, first of all, what type of props are you guys offering? And second of all, what type of action are you seeing on these props? Well, on the continent one you just mentioned, we've seen most of the money come in on Europe, which is not a big surprise. Right now, Europe is the 4-11 to 11 favorite there. We've seen most of the money there. We also have odds to win the Golden Boot. That's the leading scorer of the tournament. Not surprisingly, most of the tickets on, on the Golden Boot are on Neymar of Brazil and Lionel Messi of Argentina. And then we've got over-under the point totals for the group stage for every nation. And we've got a yes-no price to advance out of the group stage for every nation. We've seen a good amount of handle on all this stuff. and I do think we're going to eclipse 2014's handle. I'm just saying that we would have eclipsed it by more if Team USA was playing. And I think the time zones don't line up as well as they did four years ago when it was in Brazil. We've got a couple games that are going to be on very early in the morning here in Las Vegas. Outstanding stuff. Race and Sportsbook Manager at the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook, John Murray, joining us here on the Sharp 600. John, first time on the program, man. It was great having you. Thank you so much for your time and your insight. Take care, man. Love to do it again soon. Yeah, man, anytime. You have a good day. How about that, boys and girls? I believe in 106 episodes, that is the first soccer podcast we have ever done. Look at us. We're all grown up in the world today. Special shout out to John Murray from the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook. We appreciate the insights. We'll have to get him back on sometime again in the future. Shout out to all of you for continuing to support the project. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes if you haven't done so already. We're back in a couple days with a U.S. Open preview. But for now, be well and best of luck. Right, 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 right